Again, this week, Sue Berry will be with you during the Wednesday 6.30 hour. Um, last week, you learned about living wills and POAs, which is a really, really, really good thing. Um, if you don't have one, please, um, please think about taking care of that. Um, the other, to, uh, this Wednesday's program, Sue's going to talk about medication assistance. Um, if you need help getting medication, um, she can point you into some direction to help financially with that. Um, and and um, it's not for folks just on the lower end of the financial scale. Am I saying this right, Sue? Um, it, there are there are coupons and help for anybody. Um, to get your uh, for medication assistance. So, did I say that right? Okay. Um, okay. Did you hear her say all of that? Okay. It's for anybody on any financial scale, uh, and even if it doesn't apply to you, you can pass the information on to somebody else. Um, 
starting August the uh, 23rd, there will be a, a Bible study taught by Lisa Cox on the uh, entitled The Quest. Um, if you would like to sign up for that, there are sign-up sheets. Um, you can email Lisa. Her email address is in that. Um, and to order the book study, or the book for the book study. We have entered God's house. We have gathered together as family. So, as we do with most family reunions, say hey to each other. gather in your house today. We meet family who are friends and friends who are family. We sing together, study together, pray together, and it's good. It is soothing balm for our weary souls. Because God, these last few weeks have been tough. Losing Lou and Dottie has jarred us into a reality that we don't like to face. That there will be times of grief and trouble and uncertainty. Life is full of changes. Just when we think that we're on smooth water and the wind hits our sails just right and we're floating along. The winds shift and the water becomes angry and life takes a turn and we get scared. Don't leave us, God. You know I won't, child. Don't leave me, God. I'm right here, child. I'm scared, God. I'm here. Thank you, God. I love you, child. Amen. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we pause at this time in our service to give our offering, I have just a slight confession. Maybe this this past week while I was working, that was that one job that I just didn't want to do. I didn't like doing it, and I didn't want to, but I did it. So as your child, we bring to you our offering. Sometimes we may be small and it may be great. But we are so thankful that you are grateful for it, whichever it may be. Amen. changed my name to Aaron. I'm just filling in. <laughs> Today's uh, scripture is book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. On the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd. The disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting, and they took him with them. Other boats were there too. Suddenly a strong wind blew up and the waves began to spill over into the boat so that it was about to fill up with water. Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping with his head on a pillow. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus stood up and commanded the wind, Be quiet. And he said to the waves, Be still. The wind died down, and there was a great calm. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you frightened? Do you still have no faith? But they were terrible afraid and began to say to one another, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Teacher! Don't you care if we drown? They've been through storms before. The Sea of Galilee is a large, shallow body of water and prone to sudden violent storms when wind, when the winds hit it. The storms die down just as quickly when those winds stop. This was nothing new for these experienced fisher guys. Fishing from this really big lake was their livelihood, and they knew it well. They knew these storms would quickly come and quickly go. All they had to do was ride it out. Experience had told them that it would calm down and they could go about their business as usual. And yet this storm must have been different. It was fierce, strong, furious. This storm was beaten against their boats. The water was was filling their boat faster than they could bail it out. Whoever was at the rudder or the sails were trying to steer it in and out of the current and was fighting the wind and the waves. Accurate or not, my mind goes to that scene in the movie The Perfect Storm where the boat that George Clooney is trying to navigate is bouncing around trying to stay afloat with all those giant waves coming at him. There's something about this storm on the Sea of Galilee that had these disciples scared, really scared. Fear. I've been there. I know you have too. You go to work, planning, dealing with issues, the usual kind of day, and your supervisor calls you in to tell you your position's been cut. You have gone in for your annual physical, feeling fine. And the doctor says your blood work has come back abnormal. Your phone rings in the middle of the night out of a perfectly good sleep. And the police are on the other end. You visit your parents. Saw them just last month, or maybe it was the month before, and they seem fine. But this time, the house is not tidy, your mother is confused, and your dad is too tired to care for, him anymore, care for her anymore. You're going on a trip with your family, a new and better place, they say. But when you cross the border into another country, you are taken from your family. You don't know this country. You don't speak the language, and you're five years old. Fear. Your boat is suddenly, your lifeboat is suddenly filling with water. Fear. You're fighting the wind and the water. Fear. The person in front of you keeps keeps talking, and you haven't heard past no job. Abnormal. Police, dementia, no family, fear. My friends Norm and Susie Langston live in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, 
I was just curious if there are pictures up there. He was my pastor in my first life pre-seminary days when I lived in Champaign-Urbana. Susie is an only child by a, uh, from a small town in West Virginia. Her parents still lived by themselves and by all accounts were doing fairly well. Until one day in mid-December, a couple of years ago, Susie got a call from her dad. He said he needed her to come home, that things were not good with her mother, and that he had taken care of her as long as he could, but he was too exhausted to do it any longer. Susie had no idea it was that bad. Her dad had covered it up for a very long time. Susie was a school teacher and would be off for her Christmas break in a couple of weeks. She asked if he could hold on that long until he, she was out for Christmas. He said he thought he could. By the time she got to West Virginia, both her parents were in the hospital. Her dad immediately began telling her about insurance policies and lockboxes and funeral arrangements, all those things he needed her to know when he was gone. Realizing that neither one of her parents were going to be able to go back home, Susie and Norm began looking for other options, but they had no idea where to start, what was available, where the good ones were and the ones to avoid. How did they pay for it? They were making phone calls and doing internet searches and trying to find a place for both of them who would they, where they would get care, good care, with Norm and Susie living across the country in Oregon. Fear, overwhelming fear. I've been in the emergency room with people, with their family members when they've been brought in, when they have been called and told to come, when the police are trying to tell them what they need to know, when the doctor tells them that it isn't looking good but we're still working. They yell and scream, they play what if, they blame, fear, overwhelming fear. I know that even now, you are remembering that time when you felt that kind of fear. Questions just kept rolling. What am I going to do? I have to stop this. What can I do to stop this? Life has just come off the rails and I have lost all control. What am I going to do? And nothing. Your mind has nothing. You have no idea. The waves are crashing. You're fighting against the boat, trying to keep it from sinking. You are there with the disciples, bailing water as fast as you can. But it doesn't seem to be doing any good. Fear. Isn't one of the main things we hear over and over and over again in Holy Scripture? Do not be afraid. Mary, you're an unmarried teenage girl who will give birth to and raise the Messiah, but don't be afraid. Joshua. You're going to lead the Israelite nation after Moses and Aaron into the promised land, but don't be afraid. Shepherds, you're standing in the middle of an open field tending to your sheep when the sky opens up and angels appear, but don't be afraid. To us, peace be with you. Do not fear, for I am with you, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's everywhere. And yet, here is this story in the Gospel of Mark where the disciples are scared. They're afraid of the water. They're afraid of the storm. They're afraid they're going to die. 
fear. I don't know about you, but in the middle of the storm, when life as I know it is coming to a screeching halt and I have no idea what's coming next, having somebody to tell me not to be afraid is not helpful. I'm already there. I don't need you to tell me not to be afraid. I need you to help me. I need you to pick up a bucket and help me bail. That's exactly where the disciples were. In the midst of the storm, not being able to navigate, bailing water as fast as they can. This big boat full of 13 people about to sink and they're going to die. And Jesus is asleep on a cushion. Seriously, Jesus, can you not feel the boat swaying back and forth? Are the waves not splashing on you? Are you seriously sleeping through the scraping buckets as we bail the water? Jesus, wake up. Pick up a bucket and start bailing. I smile at this point in the story because I've been there with those guys screaming at Jesus to do something. Don't just lay there on your cushion. Help us for heaven's sakes. I have been in the hospital. I've been at the hospital for a very long time. When the OB unit was back where the Lucy Smith King Care Center is now, the OB unit and the delivery unit, there was one baby in particular in the neonatal intensive care unit, the NICU as we call it, just a couple of days old. This poor sweet baby had been born to a drug addicted mother. And so this baby was born a drug addict as well. As hard as Beth Vincent and the rest of the staff were trying to help wean this child down from the drugs she was born with, she was in pain, she was withdrawing, she was scared. It was heart-wrenching to watch this tiny baby go through all of that. And one day it hit me particularly hard. So I stepped into the stairwell and I screamed, Do something! Help this baby! Take away the withdrawals! Do something! I was scared. Norm and Susie Langston were telling me this story about being in West Virginia, trying to make decisions about the care of both of her parents, not having a clue what to do or how to go about it. Norm said that he finally got to the point where he just had to leave the building. He needed a break, some fresh air. He, had to, he needed just a walk or something. So he said he began to walk until he came upon this little mom and pop store that sold everything from groceries to clothes. He was just mindly looking through things when he happened on this huge display of men's neckties. Norm said there had to have been a hundred of them. And as he was just pilfering through them, there was one tie on a small plastic hanger that caught his eye. That small plastic hanger said, Langston Court. Well, with Langston being his last name, it certainly did catch his attention. He began digging through those ties, and nowhere was there another Langston Court tie. That was the only one. Norm said right there in the middle of that mom-and-pop store, elbow deep in a stack of ties, he heard God say, I know where you are. When after the abnormal test results, you hear a nurse say, we're going to help you. 
when you have updated your resume and your LinkedIn account, somebody calls and says, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in this position. When your teenager has been arrested and your best friend says, I'll go with you. When you're screaming at God to help a drug-addicted baby and your heart hears, I'm here. In 2003, Bishop Gene Robinson was the first openly gay priest to be made bishop in the Episcopal Church. When his bishopness was being called into question, he was taking hits on all sides. Bishop Robinson said, when the storms come, sometimes God chooses to still the storm. And sometimes God chooses to still his child in the middle of the storm. In the midst of a storm... When you think God is in the back of the boat sleeping, hear this, know this, believe this. God has not left you in the boat by yourself. God will not leave you to bail water on your own. God hears you when you call, even if you're screaming. Jesus stood up. And commanded the wind, be quiet. And to the waves, be still. And the wave died down and there was a great calm. And then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you frightened? Have you no faith? But they were terribly afraid and said to one another, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? There will be storms. Life will get tough, uncertain, turbulent, scary. But know this, even the wind and the waves obey him. And God knows where you are. Amen. Let's just sing.
obey him and he knows where you are go with God's blessing and go with God's peace Amen Amen Amen.